It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just going to kick right into it, I guess. <laughs> Keep this one boring. Nothing funny here. Nothing funny here. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Rams Nation, welcome back. It's Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Tuesday edition. I missed yesterday. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, this is the Tuesday edition of Locked On. It's brought to you by MyBookie.ag. If you haven't checked it out already, what are you doing? I've been talking about it for so long. Go check it out. It's MyBookie.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. It's going to get you 100% match deposit on your first deposit. So go check it out. Well, guys, I apologize about that. Yesterday was been a little sick under the weather. I passed out before the Sunday night game, woke up in a confusion of 11 p.m. dark, really out of it, and figured, you know what? We'll call this a day. And uh, But that's okay because we have James Kroger of Rams Podcast. Bud, welcome. Always appreciate your, your Tuesday go-to. So thanks for joining the show. How you feeling, bud? Thanks for having me on, Bear. So did you wake up thinking that it was all a nightmare? I did. Uh, I was like, this must... was okay? Yeah, this must just be false. I checked the score, <laughs> and I was like, no! no! It was just one of those nightmares. No, that really happened. Yeah, man, I was out of it, and it was just uh, overall... that How I feel was how they performed yesterday. Yeah. And, and you know what? I can take a little bit of that back, because overall, we're going in the fourth quarter tied, right? We didn't play well. We fumbled the ball in the one. That killed us. Uh, We had a great opening drive. We kind of sputtered the rest of the game. But, I mean, we got beat up as far as our secondary was injured. We lost a lot of people. We'll talk about that in a little bit with some updates. But our secondary was banged up. We couldn't get the pass rush going. We just got out beat, man. Yeah, so today was kind of like a day of mourning, in a sense, around Rams Nation early on. But then, you know, everybody does realize that, yeah, we're still at the top of our division. And it was a tough tough fought game bear we saw everything happening we saw the defense that we faced we haven't faced a defense like this at all you got to give credit to minnesota's defense on top of that the stadium was so loud it was almost reminding me of seahawks back playoff atmosphere and and you're right that's that's kind of the one thing you can't take out of it is like this was a you know late season playoff game we lost it but we're gonna hopefully learn a lot from it and you know it's not ending our season it's hopefully building those blocks to become a playoff team that could go deep and have a run in the playoffs yeah and there was just some unfortunate things that happened we all saw the cooper cup catch that broke my heart that broke Mm. everybody's heart Mm -hmm. you know you can't 100 percent blame cooper cup for that it was a great defensive play and it goes back to the the effort play todd Gurley did one earlier in the season we talked about it hold that ball tight to your body and and go across the the goal line especially when you got another down to give you know don't sacrifice the ball that way but they're players they're trying to make a play cup sees that line he thinks he's a reach away from getting a touchdown he goes for it it's an amazing defensive play but you can't get mad at him for an effort play that kind of just went south he's got to protect that ball but you know that's that's a fluke play that that went against us yeah and it would have changed the momentum like we said it was a tough fought game and you know we talked at halftime and you mentioned we're just one cooper cup away from being up seven which would have been a complete momentum changer i think coming into the third quarter for the rams specifically but yeah that's just a heartbreaker and you saw it in his eyes during the press conference in the locker room after Mm -hmm. i watched his interview and you can tell it was killing them on top of that the i don't know if you remember that big third down conversion he missed that hit him in the fingertips so um you could tell it hurt him and 
And even Coach McVay said, you can't judge a player by a couple of, of plays. He is a rookie. It was a mistake. I added that little bit in. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he's he's still our guy. And he, he's the type of player that he is. And we look forward to what he's going to be able to do from now on. Well, you hope to see kind of how a player rebounds from that. So I'm excited to see this next game coming up. It's going to be, could be, you know, kind of a shootout. Get back to our offensive threat. Even though the Saints have had played better D recently. Um, we expect them to try to put up a lot of points, and we're going to have to match them in that sense. So we're going to have to go back to Cooper Cup because, you know, things have changed. Robert Woods, we just heard from the Sean McVay press conference that he's going to be out a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, we're losing him. We don't know if that's two to three weeks, if that's three to four weeks. Um, but we know he didn't have to have surgery, which is good news for Rams. But those guys are going to have to step up. We're going to have to go back to Cooper Cup. So... Just like Sean McVay, who we've seen, you know, take the blame for it, which Cooper did. He kind of said, you know, it's my bad. I got to make those plays, adjust from it, make adjustments, come out and do better. And I think that's what we're going to see from the whole football team. And, you know, specifically Cooper Cup and Sean McVay, who mentioned a couple times that he's got to do a better job calling plays. So I hope Cooper Cup continues to step it up because, Bear, we're going to need him, our number one wide receiver as far as amount of completions and yardage and touchdowns is out for us. So speaking of making adjustments, you know, how are we going to adjust with Robert Woods being out? You know, of course, we got Tavon, who saw only two snaps this last game, and we just talked about some of the other receivers, but are you concerned as I am about that? Not, not really. I mean, it's Woods is an amazing wide receiver to have out there, and he gives us consistency, and he's given us our most yards and our most completions, and all around, probably one of our better wide receivers. Um, but we have so much depth there. We talked about it coming in the season. We've got seven, eight guys. Um, you know, that can now step in. Obviously, Tavon's one of those guys. And then you got guys like Mike Thomas and Josh Reynolds. I mean, we saw some good things from Josh Reynolds in the preseason. Now he gets some time to get some some action. We'll see what they can do. Uh, and then guys like Farrell Cooper are going to step up. And obviously, Watkins now gets to be leaned on a little bit more. We saw them kind of um, the past couple weeks get him a couple of those little five, you know, yard hitches turn, throw him the ball, let him do some work. I think we need to see more of that. Uh, and then, you know, Tavon, where was he? He had two snaps. McVay said that's not good enough uh, for a guy of that talent. So we'll see him being worked in there, maybe into that, uh, you know, short passing area or even on some running opportunity. But we've got depth and we've got skill people. So it's not the issue of filling in who's going to be the guy. It's just can we do it? Yeah, well, we have to adjust like we have been doing all year. Uh, you mentioned Watkins. I've been pointing out that, yeah, he's been going out for those shorter passes and gaining yardage after the pass, which seems like last game we did that once or twice, and this game you continue to do it. So I expect that to happen a lot more with Woods being out. Another thing I want to mention is Everett didn't touch the ball too much at all. He got two targets and only one completion for eight yards. So I expect to see him uh, getting some, some... And that goes back to the Vikings' defense. They shut out our tight ends. I think that catch was actually late in the fourth quarter, so we didn't really have a tight end with the reception until very late in the game. Uh, that was almost a non-issue for them. They did a great job. I mean, we had some other people get open, but as a defense, I mean, they held Todd Gurley, who, um, you know, three catches, 19 yards. We usually see a lot more production out of them. They basically were going to make you beat them player by player. Uh, we do a lot of awesome things with scheme with Sean McVay, and you could tell that the Minnesota uh, secondary, especially in their linebacking core, was basically going to make you beat them, not trick them. They were really committed to their... Uh, assignments and you saw that bit by basically shutting these guys down right after reception and getting in Goff's face. I'm you know impressed with Goff on the way he moved, got around the pocket. There were a few plays that he probably should have eaten as sacks. A couple times he did get sacks, but um, stepped up. You got to work on a couple of those throws, but created the play to extend it a little bit longer. 
overall, no interceptions against this great defense. So there were, there were definitely things to take away from every aspect. It just got out of control in the fourth quarter. Yeah, it really did. So you mentioned Goff. You know, I have no complaints about him. He stayed confident back in the pocket, and he was making plays happen. And back to the tight end situation, Tyler Higby, he only who only had one reception. He had five targets. He had a few balls that hit him in the hand that he that he also missed. So you're right. Minnesota was disrupting this offense. Also, our side to side game. You know, some of the rollouts and Todd Gurley getting the ball and instead of going up the middle, breaking out to the side, they never got anything out of it. So, you know, Minnesota was sure to shut down our offense in all manners. Definitely. And, you know, one of the areas that I want to see, and you'll always hear me harp about this when we got him back there, Todd Gurley had 15 carries, only 37 yards. So, I mean, I get he wasn't being super productive back there, so they were, you know, maybe cautious to use it. But I think they got to commit a little bit more to the run. I know in the Uh fourth quarter it was basically, you know, Dunzo. That was kind of done. But Goff with 37 attempts, I would like to see a little bit more mix in there, especially with Gurley as productive as he can be. I know he was getting stuffed up, but get outside the tackles a little bit more, let him run. That would be my only complaint as far as play calling there goes. Yeah, so um, Jared Goff had 37 overall attempts, so you're right. What we needed to do was give some more carries to Todd Gurley uh, and maybe even some of our backups back there, even talking about Tavon Austin, maybe giving him a few opportunities to run the ball as well. So, uh, But McVay owned it, he said in the yeah, press He always does. Yeah, he, that it was, he, he said that he didn't give this team enough opportunities, and it was really cool at least to see the fact that he's he's blaming it 100 percent on himself yeah jeff fisher was classic for saying we'll get it fixed we'll fix it we'll fix it <laughs> the great thing about mcveigh he's back there taking blame for it you know like most coaches do but um i actually trust he's gonna go fix it you know i expect different yeah. results this week we only got seven points uh you know kind of showed me up on my pick i said they were gonna break over by that 40 mark so came a little bit down uh to earth here but Uh, I do expect this offense to kind of get it together and produce a little bit more uh, points next week because we're going to have to. Drew Brees is coming to town. That guy's super scary on the things that he can do. They had an amazing fourth quarter comeback uh, to to steal a victory there. So they're coming out with a lot of excitement and a a lot of confidence in their group. So it's going to be an interesting game out at the Coliseum, but we're back home, uh, back in the nice, warm Southern California, and it's going to be a warm weekend. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be like 90-95 Thanksgiving, so it will be an interesting weekend to be playing football in the middle of November, but you're in Los Angeles, and it's going to be hot. Uh, Speaking of hot bear, I want to talk about Goff's attempt to call audibles and use a no-huddle offense, and it seemed like he was really struggling with the noise in Minnesota on getting some of those calls out. Everybody looked like they were struggling to hear him a bit, and I kind of think that that slowed down our our, our offense as well because you saw a few times that he had audible to the run, and um, I think it was pretty obvious that Minnesota had been expecting that and they knew it was coming, but um, did you think that was a major factor in this game? You know, actually not too much, to be honest. And it probably does play an effect. And you saw him, obviously you could tell he was struggling with kind of getting some of the calls out. Uh, But at one point I remember going like, man, he looks almost way too calm. Like he Uh walked over to one of the slot receivers, kind of grabbed him, whispered a little something, then kind of casually walked back. It was like five seconds left. So that kind of gave me the inclination that he was comfortable in that position. You know, he'd rather walk over, kind of deliver the, the sign or whatever he had to say, the play, and then walk back. He kind of he didn't seem panicked. You see a lot of quarterbacks in that area, and they're kind of like they're frazzled. Their hands are moving. They're moving from left to right. They're yelling. They're screaming. And you almost you can, you can tell the panic, right? Right. There he seemed a little bit more calm, cool, collected. I don't know if, it, you know, if that's a good thing or a bad thing really at this point, but for me I looked at him as, as kind of not letting it get to him. And, yeah, maybe some, maybe some 
you need to have some sense of urgency there with a little bit higher pace. But it was something that I saw and I noticed, and I was like, I kind of like that as far as he seemed comfortable in a weird yeah, play. He seemed comfortable, and he seemed confident also behind the pocket and adjusting on this high-pressure uh, Minnesota D. But at the same time, no matter how comfortable you look out there, it still disrupts the flow of the right. process, yep, right? Yep, yep. And I think that we saw a few times when it got down to the uh, one, two seconds left in the play, and you know they had to get it off, or uh, they you did use a timeout midway through the first um, as well. McVay did did do a better job with time management, but I still think trying to struggle and, and be transparent, that making sure everybody hears the call, disrupts your overall flow, and kind of maybe rushes you at times. Uh, that can help throw things off of the offense. So, you know, I think Goff handled it well, but it was still a whole other factor that he had to deal with. On top of the noise in general. Yeah. Um, just to, to It was a crazy of... game, man. It was a crazy environment. Um, you know, for, like we said, going into the fourth quarter, this thing was tied. It was a close game. Uh, we let it get out of hand at the end. I think it's truly a learning experience. You, you heard some of the quotes coming out of the locker room as they went around. Uh, no one was really defeated mentally. A lot of people were saying, you know, this is a – this is a good team. I think it was Brockers that said, you know, this is a team that beat us today, but we're not going to let them beat us twice. Uh, Got to tip the cap to them. They were amazing. They, you know, they had a great crowd. Uh, they were just the better team. And so, but no one's sitting there going, you know, oh, man, we should have done this. I can't believe we didn't do this. It's frustrating. This happened. It was kind of like, you know, we got beat today. We're going to have to go home, uh, fix it up. And, and now we know, you know, what other teams are out there. We've been playing a lot of, uh, you know, cupcakes. So now we finally got someone that was pretty tough. And, and they kind of smacked us in the face. And how are you going to react? Are we going to uh, kind of crumble here? I mean, you, we got the Seahawks game behind us. They're getting smacked up right now. I think it's 14-7, to 7, but they're yeah. looking you know, pretty much one-sided on that side. So this is really our division to lose at this point. We're in the lead. We've got our division pretty well figured out. We've got them coming up. We have three more games in our division. Um, you know, We're on top of it, 7-3. and three. We've got a lot of tests coming up, but this whole season rides on what that team believes in that locker room, and right now I think they believe in themselves, so I got good, good positive thoughts about how this thing's going to end out. Yeah, so speaking of positive thoughts, I've been kind of hate, not hate on the offense, but I've been um, you know, chatting about how they struggled. Let's talk about this defense. How do, you okay. feel about, how do you feel about how they did? Yeah, I mean, they did that whole bend-don't-break thing. We didn't cause as many turnovers as I would like. Uh, Keenum balled out, dude. Um, he was basically, you could tell he was on a different gear. Um, Keenum looked like, speaking of the Seahawks, uh, Russell Wilson back there. Yeah. So ducking, diving, throwing balls, big first downs. I mean, he, he made the plays when they were there. We talked about their special teams going in. They're supposed to have a really good special teams. They missed two field goals, which helped out our defense a lot, but we didn't give up that big touchdown early. We kind of held off that storm for as long as we can and then the fourth quarter came we got two banged up and they just exposed us in certain areas um on on the outside and just got beaten and then it was just all over but for the most part the beginning of this thing that the defense was holding strong we got to get a little bit more of a pass rush you tweeted out something about the the amount of blitzing that we did yeah so we blitzed a season high 20 times and Keenum just didn't take one single sack. Yeah. Aaron Donald alone was playing the game of tag back there with him, and I don't oh, think he touched him It was him so once. frustrating it how close he was getting there. And then the one time that he did basically get there, they called a roughing, which Aaron Donald, he's so big, such a beast, that he's starting to get almost that, like, I don't want to say he's getting that Indomitian Sioux treatment, but, mm-hmm. like, they just see him hitting quarterbacks, and he's had a couple moments where he's had those late hits. I think they got an eye on him, and that was one where – 
you know, maybe it's close. They, a little helmet to helmet, but I, I did not expect that to get called. That was a big third down. Yeah. Uh, that ended up being a big killer for us. They ended up going and scoring a touchdown on that drive, which really hurt. Um, and it's those type of plays that can really swing a game, and that was one of them. And but talking about Keenum getting away, he was 15 for 20 with 191 yards against our blitz. Mm. So he adjusted, and he yeah, made he felt great. Happen. He felt very comfortable in that blitz right there. So another fact about Donald, um, he had again seven quarterback rushes on Sunday, uh, according to Pro Football Focus. But he had more than the entire Texans defense on Sunday, and he has 60 pressures on the year, at least 12 more than any interior. Any other interior defender, and keep in mind he missed game one. Yeah, that's crazy. His numbers are crazy, but we gotta. I mean, those getting to the quarterback pressures aren't sacks. They're not turnovers. They're not those things we needed. And yeah. and turnovers are something. Obviously, we led the league coming in nineteen turnovers. We didn't get one, and that hurt. You know, I mean, that's in a, on a game in a road game. Uh, against a guy like Keenum, who yeah. definitely is putting the ball up there for chance at times. I mean, there were a few times that he threw right over Alec Ogletree's shoulder. Um, they took advantage, and they put the ball uh, in places that you know were risky, but Keenum was out there, and he was feeling it, and he was on fire, and you know, all credit to him. I mean, he, he straight out flat beat us. Yeah, and we all know, we've been talking about this forever, but turnovers, their turnover ratio equals wins. And we had one turnover and we lost. So it seems that whoever gets the most turnovers wins in these ball games. And let's not forget uh, the sacks for yards lost, yeah, two for 16 yards, and the penalties associated as well. And one thing, we led the NFL bear before this game in third down conversion rate. I think we're at 49% before the game started. And our efficiency this game was 3 for 11. Yeah. And what this doesn't say is there were some key third downs that changed the momentum of this game that we missed uh, as well. So, And, you know, I mean, the, the crazy thing is we were 4-0 on the road, and you start to get comfortable with that, and you're like, man, we're going to win every road game. Yeah. And you start to build these expectations. Road games are tough to win in the NFL, especially against the 7-2, and now 8-2 and uh, Minnesota Viking teams. We have a couple uh, road games to go. We got the Arizona Cardinals, which will be our next one. Uh, obviously, I like the way we match up against that team, but we're not out of the woods on that one. So, obviously, we come home. We have the New Orleans Saints coming to town, and things aren't getting easier in our world. And the funny thing is, we were watching around. A lot of a lot of the rest of the league kind of sat back and said, yep, that's kind of what we expected out of those Rams. And, <laughs> uh, I think that's what pissed me off more than anything. Not the loss, not you know, fumbling on the one. It was everyone else just going, yep, that's what I expected. And I just want to punch him in the face and go, you just wait. You just wait. Because I think we're going to come back strong. I expect a win this week. And I think with the the way that we kind of rebound off games and the way that McVay kind of adjusts, I think we're going to come out and perform. It's going to be another heck of a matchup. But, uh, you know, I'll give an early insider who I'm picking. Who are you picking? Duh, bruh. So uh, New Orleans, interestingly enough, talking about next week, just beat the Redskins, who right before we faced the Vikings, they came off a win against the Redskins as well. Similar scores. They beat the Redskins 38-0. to New Orleans beat them 34-31. to So uh, come off a Redskins win. Who beat us, by the way? Yeah. Uh, faced the Rams. Um, kind of scary looking at this New Orleans team. Uh, what's going to go down? The good news is we are at home back in some nice weather. So basically you're telling me all the teams that are we're playing can beat the Redskins and we can't? Pretty much, yeah. All right. Well, maybe we can get... Except for the Seahawks. Yeah. Well, maybe we can get some revenge 
this coming week against the Saints. Real quick, guys, I want to talk to you about mybookie.ag. Um, go check out their site. It is mybookie.ag. Use the promo code LOCKDOWN. It's going to get you 100% deposit matched right away. If you guys haven't checked out, it's amazing. That's where I do all my sports betting. Uh, it's 100% legit. They've been in business for a long time. They give payouts in two days, so you don't have to wait a long time. If you get your earnings, you feel good, you want to you know, take some money out for the weekend, pull it. Two days, it's yours. Um, they also do in-game live betting, which is probably my favorite thing. Uh, Would have gotten screwed. Didn't do too much betting this weekend. Uh, I was kind of sick, just kind of watching the games. But uh, if you decided to roll some money midway through the game, they allow you to do that. It's, it's a bunch of fun. Again, check them out, mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Locked On. Tell them your boy Bear sent you. Throw some money down. You're going to get a deposit match right away. Alongside that, James, I got something interesting. I'm going to try to pull you in on this okay. as well. Um, we're doing a promo tomorrow with Draft.com. If you guys never heard of this, go check it out. Uh, I'll tell you more details tomorrow. Basically, it is a fantasy draft. Instead of doing kind of like the DraftKings or something like that where you're picking players, or this is straight-up draft every week. I'm going to get one for the Thanksgiving Day game, so I'm going to make a little pool for here for the Lockdown Rams Nation. So I want you guys to join. I think if we get like 12, 15 people, I think really as many people want can join. I think it's going to be like three bucks, something like that. We'll get you a promo code. I'll set you up tomorrow with it. But I wanted to give you a heads up. Take a look. It's draft.com. I'm going to be doing a Thanksgiving weekend extravaganza. <laughs> because I'm not going to be recording. Just so you guys know, we got this episode and tomorrow's episode. Then we're going to do a holiday break. I'll be back the Monday following the Rams game. So, But we will be on social media. We will be on social media. And you can find me at jkroger3, J-K-R-O-E-G-E-R, and at Rams Podcast. Hit me up. I'll be, I'll be tweeting. We call him Mr. Plugger. <laughs> Nicely done. Don't forget Locked On Rams and L.A. underscore Rambling Bear. We will be talking throughout the week, uh, no matter if we're doing podcasts or not. But join that. It's draft.com. I'm going to tell you more of the details tomorrow, but I just wanted to kind of, you know, drop it in there, let you guys let it brew a little bit plant tomorrow. Plant, plant the, the seed. seed. Plant the seed. But that's all I got for you guys today. Me and James are going to jump over to Rams Podcast, record a full-length version. We're going to talk for about two hours. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, we'll talk for a while. Go break down the game. Start looking ahead to next week. I'm going to be on Under the Dome tomorrow, which is a New Orleans Saints podcast. So check me out there. I'll share that link. And we got a lot of awesome things going on, guys. Don't give up hope yet. These Rams are going to finish strong. I believe it. Seven and three. It's all right with me. Let's go, Rams Nation. Until next time, peace. Hey, Locked On listeners. You already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fancy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.